0: daily inspiration podcast on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes let's go and with us right now we've got chase diamond chase you're a partner with boundless labs on the web at boundlesslabs.io uh you're also an angel investor uh but in this episode this conversation we're going to talk about email marketing and uh Listen, I think you're one of the uh, smarter guys in the room because you've held on to mark or email when everyone was going gaga over social media. Social media has definitely been, you know, it's it's had its ups and downs and it's not to say it doesn't have its place, but email has still been a consistent performer through the years. Uh, first off, welcome.
1: Josh, thank you. How are you doing and- today?
0: Yeah, good, good, good. Well, you obviously got my editorial slant. I'm a fan. So share with me what Boundless Labs does. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And thank you for, for having me. So um, at Boundless Labs, we focus specifically on email marketing for e-commerce. So we work with about 35 to 40 clients. And we've done about $35 million in email revenue. So when I say we focus on email, a couple of the things that we do is we send campaigns for our clients. We send kind of automated emails, things like the abandoned carts. And we yeah. focus on deliverability. Um, with segmentation. So there's a lot of really cool things that I could share that we're doing really, really well for our clients, both in a COVID world, as well as kind of life outside of COVID.
0: Yeah. Well, um, let's kind of first by start by talking about how the world has changed in regards to email communication over the past few months. Thank you. Oh, oh! I, I thought I muted my microphone, so you saw me sneeze, but <laughs> the the listening audience had no idea that I just sneezed. <laughs> I don't, not, now know you saw that talking. sneeze coming too. I was trying to get that question out. I'm like, oh man, let me finish this question before I this sneeze comes. Yeah. But, so. but yeah. So and now that my sneeze is gone, uh, <laughs> uh, talk to me about how e- has email evolved? Has email changed over the past number of months?
1: So. Yes, yes, yes and no. So about two to three months ago, I'd say the, the tone and the voice and all of that has really changed, right? The cadence mm-hmm. on how we send, how we communicate. So uh, a couple of months back, right, February, March, whenever kind of COVID first happened, we, we were kind of very transparent with you know customers and you know subscribers about like, hey, we really don't know what this means. We are going to be taking the necessary precautions for our supply chain, for our employees. We are going to be doing X, Y and Z to really help make sure our team is safe. And therefore we can kind of keep getting you products in a safe manner. And that when you receive them, they're safe. So a lot of that Mm -hmm. kind of conversation happened early on. Some clients still do have like a banner at the top of their email or a banner kind of in their their footer. that just says like, hey, here are the measures that we're taking for COVID. Just because some people might've joined recently, other people still might be concerned. Um, So aside from that initial stuff, I would really say like more so lately over the past few weeks, it's been business as usual. You know, we're communicating much like we would anyways, right? We're sending holiday offers. So yesterday was Memorial Day. When people listened to this yesterday, won't, won't have been Memorial Day, but um, we still pushed that just like we would have anyways. And we kind of did some cool stuff for, for Memorial Day that I wanted to explain that I think people might benefit from. Yeah. This could be used for Father's Day that's coming up. It could be used for any holiday. And what we do is we use holiday as an anchor. And what I mean by this is, so for example, Father's Day is a great day where you actually have to have an item in hand um, for your dad, right? Or for your husband or whoever. So we typically will send three or four emails leading up to Father's Day. So that way people have ample time to receive their product. So because supply chains are still more or less kind of up in the air, we'll, t- we'll probably start sending emails for Father's Day at some point next week, right? So Father's Day mm-hmm. you know, is not about a month, but we'll probably start sending it next week just saying Father's Day starts early. Make sure you get your products um, you know, enjoy 10% off or whatever the offer is going to be. So that will be our first email. Uh, the second email we'll send will come maybe a couple of days after that, letting people know when the last time that they need to make a purchase by for guaranteed Father's Day delivery, right? So yeah. Josh, you know, if, if I wanted to get something for you, right? You know, at my store, it might be like a two week cut off. So two weeks before Father's Day is the last day that I could order something for you to make sure that you get it delivered to you, or I could have it in my hand to hand it to you in person, Right. right. Um, and then the last email prior to the actual Father's Day email that we're going to send is like a gift card email if relevant, right? So, hey, if you're anything like us, you know, 24 to 48 hours in advance, you probably waited to the last minute. You probably were slacking on this. Here's something you can give to your dad that he's going to love. Give them the gift of, you know, insert the business name, right? And then we'll we'll go to an actual Father's Day campaign that says to all the fathers, to all the dads on our list, you know, we hope you have a great Father's Day,
0: Mm -hmm. Um, If you wanted
1: to get something for yourself or if you still haven't got something for you know dad or your your husband, um, here's one more chance to do it, right? So those are kind of how we think about holidays, especially where items in hand are important. Christmas is another great one, right? So hopefully that's helpful. I think most people we see wait until actual Father's Day to send an email. And if you think about it, most people's wallet share has already been spent. So we found by having emails come in advance of it, we're actually top of mind and the wallet share is going to us because we're hitting people before they're even thinking about it.
0: Yeah, uh, is there? Uh, and by the way, I should say, in 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 uh, while we're on the subject of Father's Day, you get to celebrate Father's Day this year in a special way. Congratulations! Having looked at your Instagram, congratulations on your new baby.
1: Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate that. So yeah, we had a girl about five six weeks ago, and it's been really interesting having a kid during this time and having a kid as a an entrepreneur. Right? Yeah. I have this constant kind of tug and pull of like. I really need to dedicate to my team. I've got a team of ten people. We're actively hiring, right? I've got so much to do, but I feel like every day that I don't spend time with this baby, she looks different, right? So it's kind of. <laughs> you have kids, Josh.
0: I've got I've got three. They're not so much kids anymore. One is an adult now, which is crazy. That happens. So yes, five weeks old now. Uh, you'll blink, and she'll be twenty-one. <laughs> crazy. Sorry, I so don't mean to. <laughs> so enjoy every moment, please. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So in terms of, you know, obviously there's, um, you know, the, I, I think there's some sensitivities that that we've needed. Uh, and, and I wonder too, if you look, Chase, at over, you know, consumer behavior, say over the past five years, from your perspective, is there any other changes in tone or things that audiences like or don't like in email that maybe they tolerated in the past or just has anything changed in that regard?
1: So, so there's two answers I want to give. One will be to that and the other will be to, if you're on the email marketing side, the biggest change that I've seen that people haven't been prepared for. So starting with, with that one, I think the biggest change from when I first started in email you know, five, six years ago till now is back in the day, you know, Google, Yahoo, Hotmail, they used to reward people that were sending bulk emails, right? So the more emails you sent, the better your reputation was Mm. and whatnot, right? That was the old ways. Today, this script has completely changed. Where now, they reward you strictly on engagement, right, and quality. You have to be consistent with who you're sending to. You have to send to people that want to receive your emails. And I think that shift has been the hardest thing, and has led to a lot of deliverability issues. I know I just said a lot. I'm going to unpack this. <laughs> so deliverability basically is your inbox rating, your inbox score, right? Um, how many percent? How many of your emails are actually getting delivered to the inbox? And in the inbox, right? It's comprised of the primary folder, comprised of the promotions, the social, and then the dreaded spam, right? So if you're still following the same practices that worked five years ago, your open rates probably have tanked over the years, right? Yeah. You're probably most likely in spam. You're probably in promotions at best, right? So today we're focused on only sending to people that are engaged. For some people, that's a 30-day window. So someone's opened or clicked your emails in the last 30 days. For other people, that could be you know a 150 or 180 day engage. And my rule of thumb for kind of how you figure this out is if you're sending extremely often. So if you're sending every day or almost every day, you should be leveraging a 30-day or a 45-day engage. The reason for that is over the course of a month, you've given people you know 30 chances to open. If they haven't opened the likelihood of them opening the following month is going to be pretty slim. Mm. However, if you're sending maybe one or two times a week or even one or two times a month, you could then get away with 150 day engaged, 180 day engaged um, because you've given people less chances to open. Um, For whatever reason, you know, you sent two emails this month, people didn't open, you know, if they were like me, I was on paternity leave. I wasn't checking emails, but now this month I'm back online. Right? So that's kind of how you have to get, get a sense. And my benchmark for campaigns is 20% open rate or higher. So if you're well below 20%, you should trim your list to try to get to that open rate. Josh, I know I said a lot, any other points of that piece that you want me to unpack?
0: Yeah, so it sounds like, you know, again, you would wanna set up your rules for, you wanna keep sending to your frequent openers for sure. Uh, but if they're not, if if they're just not opening, then uh, I've sent a few emails, you haven't opened them, guess what? You're on 50% now. You're only getting half of the emails that we send out. So stuff like that.
1: Yeah, exactly. So
0: what we'll basically do
1: is we'll set up what's called, we call it a breakup series, right? So if Hmm. someone's been on your list and say they've received 20 or 30 emails over the past few months and they haven't opened those, we'll make kind of one last ditch attempt or effort to say like, you know, Hey Josh, you know, I hate to say this, but you know, we're going to have to break up. Maybe you had different expectations from when you first signed up of what we're going to be sending. Maybe you just got busy, whatever the reason is. Like if, if you don't want to go and you want to stay in contact, make sure you open this email. Obviously they have to be reading this. They've opened it um, and click here. If you want to stay involved. Um, if you don't do anything, we're just going to stop sending to you. No, no harm, no foul. Right? So mm-hmm. we have this automation set up that will automatically hit that two people at the point where we're, where we feel they're unengaged without being dead and if those people don't engage, we'll have an automatic property added to their profile that says mm. unengaged equals true. And ah. then every month, every other month, every quarter, we'll then just go in and suppress those profiles. So that way you're yeah. not paying for them, right? The bummer is, is a lot of clients that we go into that we audit that we work with, they might have 100,000 people on their list, which sounds great, but only half those people typically are active or engaged. So they're actually paying their email provider hundreds, if not thousands of dollars every month extra for people that are adding no value.
0: Yeah. And and I would imagine, I mean, most, you could set up rules in most of your modern email providers to 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 be able to control for that. It's, you know, again, it's just a little bit of extra admin, but, you know, if it means that you, you can, you know, I, again, I'm going to unsubscribe to emails that I see all the time and I never open them up. If you only send one to me once a month and I'm like, oh yeah, you... You know, I I I guess I get it. That's that's pretty clever. I like that. All yes. right, give me give me some
1: more, Chase. Give me some more. Yeah. So that that's from the business perspective, right? Send to yes. people that want to receive from you. From the consumer perspective of actually the content that people are receiving, what's changed? I, I would say it's kind of interesting, right? Like I think we're moving to a world, and, and there's kind of two sides to this where um a a personalization obviously has and will be important for a long time. B, you kind of have this two camps of people that say you have to send plain text or you have to send beautifully designed emails right right right. i think that's been a really heavy debate over the years Where like i'm truthfully in in the middle right i think you have to have a hybrid and every person i talk to that i respect that i like all the brands they're like so in two fields like no you have to do everything this way you have to do everything that way um so for us a lot of the reasons people work with us is because we do create beautifully designed emails however we also do know the time and the place when to send a plain text email. Plain text is great because it feels personal, right? Yes. Probably inbox higher because you've got less images. It will load quicker. So the way in, that I think about it, as I'd say about 70% of the time, we're sending kind of nicely designed emails just because the brands that we work with, it's their nature to have very polished emails. And twenty percent, 25% of the time, we're sending plain text emails. So a use case of plain text emails for e-commerce at least is when someone makes a purchase, and this could be done for SaaS, this could be done for anything. So Josh, you made a purchase from the Chase Diamond store. Don't, don't go look that up, the store doesn't exist, that's made up. <laughs> but I'm going to send you one day after you purchase saying, Josh, thank you so much for your purchase. Um, it means the world to me. I started ChaseDiamond.com you know, four years ago with the goal of X, Y, and Z, right? And then at the end, I'll have a signature that says Chase. That's a really great use case of a plain text email, because it feels personable. Does that make sense, Josh?
0: Yeah, yeah, I like that. You know, one thing that um, if, if you're a personal brand, um, and, and um, you know, maybe it's, you know, kind of your coaching expertise. And so it's really important for you to form a personal relationship. I mean, that was just an example there. Um, any other tips on how you can cultivate your relationship over email?
1: Yeah, so I think it all starts from the very first email you send, right? So for most businesses, that's a welcome series typically for for non buyers, right? If someone bought right away, that will be a post purchase flow. So for in your welcome series, right? This is when someone's brand new to your website. Maybe they saw a pop-up, right? That they entered their email into. Mm -hmm. Maybe they got like a fly out on your website when they're exiting. Um, Maybe you had like an embedded subscription kind of in one of your blog posts or at the bottom of your website. However, people got onto your list. I think it's really important in your welcome series, which is gonna be the, the first three, four, maybe five emails over the course of a week to two weeks. To really kind of build that bond and build that relationships through kind of content that builds trust um so what i mean by that right is josh you sign up today for my list i'm going to greet you saying josh welcome to the chase diamond newsletter whatever it is um we're so happy to have you here and if you promise some kind of discount or incentive in the the forum make sure you deliver on that right so josh here's the 10 percent off here's the free shipping here's the, the free content that you opted in to receive you know and then also set the tone of the relationship so you know, over the coming weeks I'm gonna be sending you a few more messages so that way you could really learn about the chase diamond whatever um, and you can feel comfortable to ask any question at any time just hit reply right so I think in the first couple messages that go out you know you have to include all the stats you kind of almost have to like brag without putting in people's space right so Josh for you if this was your business you could talk about all the podcasts that you've been on all the press outlets that you've been featured in right it really shows that you are trustworthy that yeah. an expert. And all the social proof. So I'm not sure if that answers your question, but this welcome series is a great way to build trust through customer testimonials, social proof, and just educate people on like who you are, why you matter, and how you're different. It's, it's a whole, what's in it for me, right? Think about that. The customers are asking, what's in it for me? So you have to use these content to, to answer that question.
0: Um, Chase, how did you get into this?
1: Yeah. So my story actually goes back to when I was 13, 14 years old, Um, at at the age of 13, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. So for anyone that doesn't know what Crohn's disease is, it's inflammation of your digestive tract Mm -hmm. and it's looped into this thing called IBD, which is inflammatory bowel disease. So at 13 years old, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. I was sick for a year. And the whole reason I was sick for so long is because there was, there was so much lack of awareness. No one knew what it was. Doctors kept mistreating me and misdiagnosing me, family and friends didn't know what it was. So after being sick for about a year and just being absolutely miserable, at 14 years old, um, I taught myself guerrilla marketing. So I was sending emails to family and friends. You know, I was putting up flyers, right? You know, I was doing all these events. I was cold calling, you know, people, you know. I was doing all these things for a couple years and had a lot of success. You know, we raised tens of thousands of dollars. You know, we impacted thousands of people. Um, and email and kind of organic social and non-paid acquisition really was the thing that I held on to. And all throughout college and postgraduate, email really was at the core of everything I did. Um, I I even built a business around email um, where we sent weekly inspiration around travel, right? So email was really at the core of what I did. And about three years ago, one of my friends said to me, hey Chase, I think the stuff that you've done would really be well suited for e-commerce. And he Mm -hmm. sent me a course. So I took a course, uh, took all the skills I had, got like two or three clients, charged almost no money, charged like a couple hundred bucks. And I just built really great case studies and I built a lot of trust. So that's really how I got into it. it. kind of came from this need of me trying to want to get the word out about this disease so that way other people won't have to go through what I suffered through. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of kind of crazy.
0: And today you have some pretty big clients. Uh, do you mind sharing uh, what you've been able to build to and and who you're able to, able to work with today?
1: Yeah, so today we work with about 35 to 40 brands. Um, we work with one of the brands, actually, Josh, that was on your show and that's how we got connected. So mm-hmm. the guys over at CrossNet, have a four-way kind of volleyball set, really cool brand, scaling quickly, great guys. Um, we work with the, the brand called The Chive, which has been around for a long time. Um, they're the men's millennial kind of media type site. We mm-hmm. have a very successful e-commerce business called The Chivery, which we've worked on. Um, and then in the past, we've even worked with companies called Clover like Health, Healthcare, which is you know valued at over a billion. Um, we have a public company out of Canada called Namaste Technologies. They're in the cannabis and CBD space. Um, We worked with a really large kind of swimwear conglomerate called Manhattan Beachwear. So we've worked with a lot of really big clients, but our specialty really is working with brands that do between about $1 to $20 million in annual revenue. We (laughs) feel like we can move quickly. They're agile. We're able to access the decision maker, and they're open to try things, right? They're open to kind of get aggressive and and try things like we have created. Whether I'm in the shower, on a walk, in my, in my dreams, I have crazy ideas and things I want to try. <laughs> and these are the guys that actually buy into the ideas. So I love them for it.
0: Yeah. All right. Chase Diamond. Again, you're a partner with Boundless Labs on the web at boundlesslabs.io. Is there any place to particular, anything that you'd recommend that people engage with you and like, oh yeah, first step is, I'm hoping you say sign up for your email list. You're yeah, opt so- into something. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So Twitter and my email list are the places that I'm sharing kind of daily, if not weekly content. So my Twitter is ecom, E-C-O-M, and then Chase Diamond, no A and diamond. And then in my Twitter bio, you can find my newsletter. So I send a once a week kind of guide or with tips and tricks on how you can leverage email marketing for your business.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. All right, Chase, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Gosh, I really appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you.